Welcome in. This is Paul Kuharski. This is the Paul Kuharski podcast coming to you from paulkuharski.com. I've made my mandatory three mentions of my name. Otherwise, there will be absolutely no gimmicks here, which is one of the things people have told me they like about this podcast. We're previewing uh, the Titans as they get ready for their season opener. Um, late Sunday afternoon at Nissan Stadium against the New York Giants. It's a game the Titans are favored in um, and, and look like they should win. You never know, though. My favorite thing about the NFL is the unpredictability. I think it's the single best selling point the league has. Uh, I know most of you who are listening hope it is not unpredictable this weekend and that the Titans live up to uh, the point spread. Uh, live up to Vegas's expectations, start out with a win over the Giants, who are not especially talented, uh, who have a, a new head coach, uh, uh, a new offensive coordinator, and a new defensive coordinator, and um, get off to a rocky start, and then the Titans can start worrying about the next Monday night against the much more dangerous Buffalo Bills. Um I'm recording Thursday night before the Bills season debut at the Los Angeles Rams. Um, want to start with something that Todd Downing said on Thursday <clears throat> about him wanting to get the offense into a rhythm and find a groove, which I found interesting because I don't feel like Todd Downing as offensive coordinator has worked particularly hard to get the Titans into a rhythm and find a groove. It's not an offense. Um, outside of doing that with Derrick Henry on the occasions that Derrick Henry has started hot, that has worked very hard to get an offense into a rhythm, worked very hard to find a groove. I don't think they start out very often with easy throws for Ryan Tannehill. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think you can often tell if Tannehill is hot or cold uh, and is going to have a good day or a bad day through the first two or three series uh, that the offense has. I think when A.J. Brown was the primary receiver, they often took too long um, to get to him and to try to get things going with him. I think it's underdone in the league in general to throw the ball to your best guy with some regularity. I think you should get three touches in the first quarter almost no matter what. Um, and I would hope that Todd Downing looks to get the Titans into a rhythm and to find a groove right out of the gate with the Titans with some plays that are designed for, I, I would think, I would hope Austin Hooper, who's going to be a, a fundamental piece of this offense. And I think an easy target for Ryan Tannehill, um, Robert Woods, who you would hope would be a consistent target for uh Tannehill um Dontrell Hilliard who's probably going to be a big part of what they do on third down and uh Kyle Phillips perhaps on third down I don't know how big a role Traylon Burks is going to have and now I'm getting into a list of names that are too longs one of my one of my colleagues was asking a question this week and I'm sure he wrote a story about um, if if the list uh, shortens, you know, on on third down, um, 
I, I would include two minute there, but I think the, the the target list does tend to shrink in that area for a quarterback and you go to your most reliable guys. Um, but those are also the guys I'd, I'd want to see help help a quarterback and an offense get into a rhythm and find a groove to keep repeating what Todd Downing said there. Uh, get into a rhythm, find a groove, go to your guys early. I think we all think back to how important that was to Steve McNair um, and how often the Titans, when he was getting his footing as a, as a young quarterback, the Titans had him throw early often to Frank Wycheck to get those early completions and gain his confidence and his momentum. And then later when he was, he was banged up, the Titans had him throw early and often to Frank Wycheck to, to kind of, uh, you know, work out the kinks and get loose and get, get moving. And um, I think that would be good for this offense. I think maybe uh, if they do more of that, it would be a sign of, of uh, maybe, Tim Kelly's uh, presence and influence. Um, and certainly on the running end, you'd like for it to, to be something that happens um, for Derrick Henry right out of the gate, though we know that Derrick Henry's best running tends to happen in the fourth quarter and not in the first quarter. And a lot of um, what Derrick Henry does in the first quarter is a means of establishing um, him for what he will go on to do after halftime and particularly in the fourth quarter. So uh, that's kind of my litmus test for Todd Downing uh, going into this game. Does he live up to what he's talking about there? Because that getting into a rhythm and finding a groove to, to bang the drum on that is a lot about calling plays that allow guys to, to do so. Uh, we're on to Cincinnati. I asked Kevin Byer when the last time he thought about the loss, the playoff disaster, the playoff fiasco against Cincinnati was. Here's what he said. I don't honestly, I don't really think about it. Uh, yeah, you ask me about it, they meet somebody on the street, they say something about it, or my family, or anything like that. But it's, you know, personally, I don't really think about it that much. It's interesting, uh, more from the outside than from the inside. Um, you know, didn't have to. Uh, didn't have to have outside people or the press asking him about it during the off season because Ryan Tannehill was busy uh, talking about it. I guess he was answering press questions about it to a degree, but he also had a lot on his mind about it. Tannehill said, you know, he's got a burning fire inside of him, but that he's put the Cincinnati game behind him. That fire um, is lit by that Cincinnati game where he was so bad with the three interceptions that, killed the Titans chances as the number one seed to move forward with one win to an AFC championship game hosting opportunity. Um, but there are bright sides with Ryan Tannehill, who's been a, a pretty damn good regular season quarterback. Um, the Titans put out some numbers on him since week seven of 2019. I believe that's when he became the Titans starter. Games with a passer rating of 100 or better. Aaron Rodgers is number one with 28. Ryan Tannehill is number two with 25. That is a pretty impressive list to be second on. Number three, Kirk Cousins, 23. Number four, Josh Allen's 22. 
Number five, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson tied at 21. Ryan Tannehill has the second most 100-plus passer rating games since he became the Tennessee Titans starter, only behind Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to argue. Hard to argue with the success that that shows. Now, here's here's a problem that needs to be solved. He was sacked 47 times last year, second most in the league. Year before, I think it was down like down at something like 24. Is that going to get substantially better this year with Aaron Brewer starting at left guard, a guy they like and a guy who I understand why they like, but a guy who's substantially smaller than Roger Saffold in a league where you got some some big, strong, tough interior defenders who are going to be coming at him when he's next to another small guy in, in Ben Jones who's getting older and relies on craftiness himself and has been getting beat up um, in the last couple of years. And then uh, with Nicholas Petit-Frere, at, at right tackle, uh, an inexperienced guy, a rookie who's going to be playing his first game. And look, God bless him that they finally have a rookie offensive lineman who's capable of starting on opening day. I expect him to be better than David Quesenberry, but to what degree is, is the big question mark? But they have got to, got to, got to protect Tannehill better. Avoiding injury is a quarterback skill. I've talked about this and written about this a lot, and Tannehill has had that skill since he's been in Tennessee. But you also feel like when a guy's getting hit and sacked as much as he was last year, um, and as willing as he is to hold on to the ball till the very last second and take a hit, uh, you almost feel like there's a ticking clock on him getting hurt. And I know a lot of you are very excited about Malik Willis, but if Malik Willis is a starting quarterback for this team this year, they're they're doomed. They're doomed. So this team better help him with his skill of staying healthy or they're doomed. Now, I think he can do just fine in the regular season or well enough, but uh, we know that we have all have our playoff doubts of which he has uh you know he's the main reason why his last three playoff games we get to the uh regular season and you've got to adjust to the unexpected along the way Tannehill and plenty of other frontline titans didn't play at all in the in the three preseason games now they get to the giants and you've got to adjust to the unexpected along the way um over the course of a game, I mentioned um, that they're going against a team with uh, with new coaches in all the important spots, and uh, you know that's a concern that they don't have the most talent by any stretch of the imagination. But Brian Dayball is a successful offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Uh, good offensive mind. He's not calling the plays. Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator who will call the plays, but Brian Dabble certainly uh, helped design the game plan, helped design the plays that are in the game plan um, and draw up the situational stuff that they'll call in their script at the beginning of the game and in certain situations throughout the game. It's certainly got the power to get on the headset and ask for a run or a pass in this situation or 
overrule a call here and there. Don Martindale, Wink Martindale is the uh, defensive coordinator. So, you know, the Titans in putting together their plan have looked at what Dayball did in Buffalo. They've looked at what Martindale did in Baltimore. They're familiar with both of those teams. Now they have to kind of uh, predict going into the game how they will, how the Giants will put together these things from different places in a mishmash that is now the 2020 New York Giants. And they have to um, be ready to adjust to unexpected things that they see. Some of them new, some of them uh, amalgamations of old stuff, some of them alterations of old stuff. How well the Titans adjust to those things will probably tell the story uh, of this game. Another thing that could tell the story of this game is uh, how the Titans passing game does with these new weapons, which I've talked about in every episode of this podcast since we resurrected it. Finding big plays is a big issue for the Titans. And I wrote about that this week. So if you're not a member of paulkuharski.com, this article, an article I'm going to talk about from Mike Herndon coming up, uh, the scouting preview from Blake Bettingfield um, that I will make mention of now that you're going to want to read uh, Friday or uh, into the weekend before kickoff are reasons you need to be a member. Um, and I'll just touch on on the piece that I wrote. The Titans uh, really, and the big play department, even with A.J. Brown, um, just don't get it done. Now, it's remarkable that they have won at the rate they've won at. It's remarkable that they won 12 games last year and got the number one seed, which obviously, I'll say again, they did not take advantage of. Last season, they threw for 20 or more yards on 35 of 535 pass attempts. Fourth worst in the NFL. Fourth worst in the NFL. And they were, you know, down there with terrific teams like Jacksonville, Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger showing off his arm that was, you know, ready for Canton, but not ready for, uh, NFL games, Carolina, and uh, and the New York Giants, who are coming to town. So the five worst teams in terms of percentage of attempts that went for 20 or more yards, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and New York. You can read more about um, this issue and how the Titans intend to uh, – Get better in that department at paulkuharski.com. A steal if you don't have a membership. But this issue to me is, is a, a is a big one. Um, I asked Traylon Burks about you know what he can do to to help fix it. He gave a pretty you know straightforward and basic answer. But he's preaching the gospel of the Titans when it comes to what they intend to do. Uh, at receiver and, and as passing targets. I would just say, just uh, go out there and play my brand of football and then the team's brand of football. Uh, be physical, fast, and just go have fun. So there's Traylon Burks. Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, says Burks is on a good trajectory. 
we'll see more about him. Mike Vrabel uh, gave him praise for working through uh, injuries throughout training camp. I guess that's a good thing. I thought it was kind of a pat on the back in public. Um, but you could also say, you know, he suffered these little nagging injuries that seemed to be a bigger deal than they should have been that a lot of guys play through without leaving the field in the first place. Um, he's going to need to show toughness throughout the season. He's going to suffer these sorts of things and um, they're going to need him out there. Uh, he's a top four guy for sure. I imagine Nick Westbrook Akine is going to start opposite Robert Woods and that Phillips will be the first option out of the slot and that Burks will be uh, the guy rotating through as the fourth getting his, uh, his share of the snaps that way. A guy I don't expect to get promoted off the practice squad and to play against the Giants is Josh Gordon. As much as he stands to be a better player than Cody Hollister, Downing indicated he's just getting uh, some practice routines down. Um, Titans have a bit of a longer week next week, getting ready for that Monday night Buffalo game. Hopefully Gordon gets down the practice routine stuff, has gotten it down this week, um, and then can can do more to press Hollister next week. Jonathan Hutton on uh, on our show joked that that Gordon, but you know, if he wants a way into the lineup, he better block, block, block at practice because that's that's the way to get in front of Hollister, which <clears throat> is true. It's true. I mean, that's what Hollister does best. And um I meant to mention it earlier. I don't know if I did. Somebody tweeted to me, and and he's absolutely right, that um, Titans have a miraculous way when their fifth receiver is on the field <clears throat> of finding him, of uh, of targeting him. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akina wasn't the fifth receiver. Khalif Raymond maybe wasn't the fifth receiver. But <clears throat> Titans' last two seasons ended with uh, – with passes to those guys, NWI last year, Khalif Raymond the year before. And uh, I think we'd all prefer to see the Titans throwing to their primary guy rather than their fourth or fifth guy in a crucial play against Cincinnati in the playoffs, against Baltimore in the playoffs, the way the Titans have. Roger McCreary, uh, you know, the depth chart says he's the second starter opposite Christian Fulton. I think he deserves to be the second starter outside Christian Fulton. Clearly, he will kick inside to play nickel with um, with um, I'm blanking out on uh, Caleb Farley's name. Caleb Farley will come in on the outside in uh, all likelihood with McCreary kicking inside. We talked with McCreary this week about the biggest challenge of being a outside inside guy. And he said it's the communication. He's, he's got to talk a lot, uh, particularly when he, when he's the inside guy there, he said he was a quiet guy, but he can't be a quiet guy when he's playing that, uh, that role. So, um, I think I think he looks really good. He's lived up to what the Titans said about him in terms of being a sticky coverage guy. He's always close to the ball. Um, and this is great development for him. It's not a great development for uh, Farley um, that, that a first rounder is uh, being outplayed by a second rounder. 
No, there's not that much distance between where they were chosen in their respective drafts, but you got to get your damn first rounders in position to win jobs and be on the field. So I like the meritocracy, may the best man win. I don't like that the Titans, again, have a first rounder who in his second year is not uh, winning a job that was open for him to go win. Um, Elijah Molden's been dealing with a groin injury this week. So there's a little bit of an excuse for him not to be in the mix though. I think he right now is the Titans fourth cornerback and he's a fourth cornerback who needs to play inside. So maybe he's the dime, but they have a lot of safeties who are options for the dime. And, um, that's where that stands. Let's go back on offense. Derek Henry has some tremendous uh, numbers. He's on the verge of, of some impressive stuff. He's got 68 total touchdowns, which puts him five behind Earl Campbell on the Titans all-time list for total touchdowns by a running back and six behind Eddie George. I think we all expect it, it won't take him too long to catch those two um, Titan all-time greats, one a Hall of Famer won a uh, ring of honor guy with his number um, hung up by the team. That's pretty damn impressive in the NFL. Most total touchdowns since 2016, Devonte Adams, 69, Todd Gurley, 69, Derek Henry, 68, Alvin Kamara, 68, Ezekiel Elliott, 68. Pretty good company there. I mean, those are, are five terrific players. Gurley, obviously done, so he's not scoring anymore. Adams, you would presume, in Las Vegas is going to continue to score. Alvin Kamara doesn't seem like he's on the verge of a suspension, though he should be. He's going to continue to score in New Orleans. Elliott, I think, is going to start slowing down now. Uh, he's probably in his last year with the Cowboys. He's got Pollard um, breathing down his neck. Um, and Derrick Henry, I think, is going to continue to score. He said on Thursday, uh, Derek did, that he's not worried about that 30-year-old cliff for running backs. He's 28. And he said he looks to Adrian Peterson, who uh, who was a teammate for a while last year, though Henry wasn't playing. That's why Peterson was, was in Tennessee for a couple of weeks. And to Frank Gore, um, as, as motivators, motivators, motivation because they both played effectively uh, for a good while after 30. So he hopes he can be like them. Um, Derek Henry, to me, um, is kind of, despite the fact that the, Titan, the Titans don't have good receivers right now, right? They're unproven receivers. And so nobody's backing Derrick Henry defenders out of the box with these receivers. But I think there's largely a misperception that um, that if the Titans finally got good receivers, they would back people out of the box and it would be easier for Derrick Henry. I've long kind of argued that uh, it would take terrific play by a Titans wide receiver over a substantial amount of time for teams to really finally back off of Derrick Henry to, to worry about that receiver. 
And Mike Herndon uh, said I was going to mention his his story this week, delved into that this week. Um, and he wrote in this piece that some of the data he collected would seem to indicate that the quality of the receivers placed around Henry has little to no effect on how teams treat the Titans offense. This piece alone, I assure you, is worth the $5.99 a month um, that that it costs to be a member of paulkuharski.com. I, I urge you to read it. It's uh, super thorough looking at how teams defend the Titans and why and uh, how Henry really uh, has a bearing. Henry and the way the Titans deploy their personnel determines how the Titans are defended. Um, and I, I just think it's a, a super intelligent piece. Mike and I discussed it before he set about writing it. And uh, I, I think you really want to know uh, know what's up there. I think you also want to read um, how Blake sees the Titans roster and uh, some of their matchups. Blake Bettingfield, who scouted for the Titans for 19 years, uh, what he thinks about the Giants heading into this game and how the Titans match up with them couple more things before we call it a podcast. Uh, Malik Willis shifts into a totally different realm, shifted this week. Um, you know, he was he was working against the Titans' second-team defense, at least on a, on a regular basis through the preseason. But now he is a scout team player, and it's, it's a different life working as a scout team player. He's, he's looking at a card most of the time and running a play that the Titans put in their own verbiage, um, you know, to, to not make it a completely foreign thing. But he's running plays this week. He ran plays as if he was Daniel Jones. Uh, next week, he'll run plays as if he's Josh Allen. Um, he's got some similarities with those guys because they both run well, but they they don't run like Malik Willis runs. Um, now, there's still room for him to impress the team, and I wrote about this early this week. Still room for him to grow in that role and to impress the team in that role. And Mike Vrabel said he doesn't want card-reading robots. He wants football players. Nevertheless, you're somewhat constrained by your job, which is to give the defense a look at the upcoming opponent. Um, so it's a tricky line to navigate. How do I get better as a football player and impress the coaching staff and show show them my growth while also staying within the, the confines of this job, which is to serve the defense? Um, it's it's kind of there's some complexity there. I, I urge you to go read that piece as well. I wanted to run you through my picks for what's going to unfold um, this NFL season. And I know uh, the Bills and Rams will have a result, but uh, I am giving you these picks prior to that game. And the result of that game would in no way have my bearing on thinking those two teams are going to win their division. AFC East, the Bills are going to win it. AFC North, the Bengals are going to win it. Uh, I like the Ravens, but not as much as the Bengals. And I'm surprised how many people are down on the Bengals I know teams don't go back to the Super Bowl the year after they lose the Super Bowl. Uh, and I don't think the Bengals will quite get there, but I do think they're very good and they've done a good job patching holes. Uh, I don't like that the Titans lost Harold Landry. 
Um, but I think the Colts have a lot of the same problems that the Titans have. <clears throat> and they aren't as good defensively. I'll take Tannehill's mobility over Matt Ryan's uh, lack of mobility. I don't like the Colts receivers any better than I like the Titans receivers. Um, Jonathan Taylor is certainly younger uh, than Derrick Henry, but um, I'll take Henry by a notch based on him having done it and the Titans' willingness to call run plays. I think the Titans will edge the Colts. I, I don't think either of them are going to have a fantastic record. I love the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's going to be terrific and Brandon Staley's going to coach better. Those are my four division winners in the AFC. Wild cards, I've got the Chiefs, the Ravens, who bounce back. I don't love the offense, but uh, they draft well, and they know how to win, and they're super well coached. Raiders is my final wild card in the AFC over the Dolphins. NFC, I've got the Eagles. I don't love the quarterback, but uh, I really don't like the Cowboys, I think they've lost a lot of talent on offense, and uh, I don't think they're particularly well coached. We've got the Packers in the north, the Bucks in the south, the Rams in the west. Wild card Cowboys, look, it's hard to find good teams there. So even though I don't think they're going to be great, I think they're in. I do think the Vikings are going to be much improved and looser, throw the ball more and better with their new coach 49ers last team in I do not buy all the hype about the Saints Super Bowl opposite of a subway series a freeway series Chargers over the Rams so it's all in ink right there for you to hear all of it um wanted to hit what Mike Vrabel said about uh points of emphasis from the officials he said, uh, talked about the um, idea that illegal contact uh, downfield is going to be a point of emphasis for officials this season. He said, I would hope not. This, mind you, is a member of the competition committee. He said, the points of emphasis, we should stop using them. We should emphasize the entire rules of the game and clarify what we want done so that we can have 17 crews that are as consistent as possible. I enjoyed our visits with the four crews that we've had here, but as evidenced by those meetings, one person sees it differently than the other person. What's roughing the pass or as opposed to what's incidental contact with the helmet? What's not playing the ball contact? What's enough? What's not enough? We'll try to just continue to explain to our players what's being called and function within the rules the best that we can. Uh, I asked him if Jerome Boger, who uh, is is uh, the Titans referee for the Giants game and the worst referee in terms of communicating things clearly, uh, if, if he's the right person to make things clear to everybody on opening day. He said, we can't control who the crew is. We will go out there and we'll do business as business is being done and hopefully not doing anything dumb that hurts the team. I thought we can't, the, the, him saying we can't control who the crew is was a little bit more telling than, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything about um, the referee or anything like that. I don't think any coaching staff in the league likes Jerome Boger. Uh, he, he's horrifically bad as an official. Uh, look, I think there too, there's too much difference between the crew who calls the most penalties in the league and the crew who calls the fewest, but most of them are within a reasonable range in the middle. 
And I think, you know, it's like umpires. There's a reasonable amount of difference between a lot of them where you say, you know, could you call this holding? Yes. Could you not call it holding? Yes. And we see that day to day. It's like baseball stadiums being different um, or strike zones being slightly different. Um, it's just something we have to live with. Some stats for you before we leave. Titans tight ends last year averaged just 4.1 yards after the catch. That was tied for the fourth worst in the NFL. Fourth worst in the NFL because the Titans absolutely ignored the position after Johnny Smith left. But um, the Giants allowed just 3.4 yards after catch per reception to tight ends last season. That was the best in the NFL. Do the Giants carry over that kind of uh, tight end defense? And can Austin Hooper and Chig Aconquo fare much better? I, I don't know what the Giants' chances are at defending tight ends the same under a new regime is. I think the Titans will be much better at tight end, especially uh, with Hooper, who I think is being slept on by a lot of people and is really a key cog to the Titans having a much better passing offense. The Titans were nine and two when forcing one or more turnovers last season, fifth best in the NFL giants turned the ball over 30 times last season, the most in the NFL. I guarantee you that new coaching staff, Dayball and Kafka are have harped since day one on reducing turnovers for the Giants. Have they been successful? Will the New York protect the ball better? Uh, they certainly are hoping so. I guarantee you the Titans, since they've been talking about the Giants, have been talking about the fact that they were coughing it up last year and that uh, you know winning turnovers is is a is a big key to this and every game. We'll see if the Titans can uh, can get a takeaway and how big a factor that is in this game as compared to how big a factor it was for them last year when they were nine and two if they took just one away, which doesn't seem like that tall of an order. Um, should be. Uh, we will be good to see them on the field, even if it's not the the best game on the NFL slate for week one. I appreciate you listening. I ask you not to block the box and to definitely lock your locks uh, broadcast for members from the Nissan stadium press box. Uh, after I finish writing after I'm up from the locker room um, and then another podcast, and another broadcast next week. I appreciate the loyalty of members and I encourage you to join if you are not one. Thanks so much and have a, a great weekend. Enjoy the game.